Thank you for letting me be here this morning. Pastor Jeff called me on Friday and said that he had gotten a cold. He didn't have COVID. He didn't have the flu. He just got a cold. Can you believe we can get a cold nowadays? When COVID hit, we couldn't have anything but COVID or flu even went away. But uh, he has a cold. And he said it went to his voice and he couldn't speak. And he said, uh, called me on Friday. He said, can you uh, be ready in case I need you? I can't speak. And so he finally called me a little later on and said, my throat's getting worse. I talked to him this morning. He said, I still can't speak real well. And so I told him it would be a privilege for me to come, share the word of God. And so I thank you for letting me uh, be here this morning and step in uh, behind this podium and share the word of God. I really know no doubt in my knower, God's got a word for all of us today. And uh, I've been preaching this word to myself for uh, a few weeks now. And I know the Lord's going to minister to each and every one of us. And if you're visiting with us, you came to hear Pastor Jeff. Let me apologize that he's not here. But I promise you, if you'll stay with us, and those that are watching online, I prayed. I said, Holy Spirit, keep them in tune. When I step up there and they realize, that's not Pastor Jeff, stay tuned, because I already know the Lord's got a word for you. And so let's pray together, and I know Pastor Jeff, uh, I'll just go ahead and read one of the scriptures that I have, uh, Psalm 103, Psalm 103, verse 1 says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Now he's about to list His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I'll come back to that verse in just a moment, but let's pray together. Father, we're so grateful to be in your presence, to worship your name, to honor you. Lord, I know that because we've come into your presence, we'll never be the same. Lord, I believe your word is going to be spoken today and not return void. We'll accomplish where you're going to send it. In Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. amen. All right, now then, I want to do something. Go ahead and be seated because I want you to become a minister this morning. Uh, I'm standing on this platform and have the privilege of sharing the Word of God, but you are a minister. And uh, you're going to minister to someone. Right now, I want you to get your phones out, wherever they may be. Most of you have got your phones with you, I'm sure. I want you to go to your contact list, and I want you to text someone. Here's what I want you to do. I just want you to tell them, I'm in church, and I'm praying for you. Can you do that? Just want to give you a moment to do just that. I'm in church, praying for you. You don't know what that might do to someone this morning that is having a, just a difficult time. To know someone is thinking about them even while they are in church. 
I've come today. I'm going to let you finish that because I, it's important. You're about to bless somebody. Look at all these ministers we got. Look at all these people are going to get a text this morning. They're going, what is this? Somebody needs your prayer. Now I've come, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 in verse 3, this is what I've come to do. He who prophesies, I've come to prophesy this morning. Here's the New Testament definition of that. He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to mankind. I'm here to, and I know the Holy Spirit's going to do this. You're going to be edified, that is, you're going to be built up. You're going to be exhorted, that means some of you have kind of fallen down. I'm coming alongside of you and lifting you up, say, come on, you can do this. And the Holy Spirit is going to bring His comfort through the Word of God. It simply means, out of the Amplified Bible, to build up and to remove sluggishness, and sadness. Some of you are a little sluggish this morning. Now, not as sluggish as those that got up early and came to the first service, but some of you are a little sluggish this morning. Some of you had enough faith that it got you here this morning, but you're here. But before you leave, he's going to lift you out of that sluggishness and out of that sadness. Some of you are sad here today. Some of you are watching are sad today for many different reasons. I mean, we're living in a fallen world that's messed up. And if you don't watch out, we could all walk around with a lot of sadness in our heart. God's going to lift you up today. And you're going to leave with a little more spry in your step. You'll be able to skip out rather than just drag yourself out, all right? And so I believe good things are going to happen in this place. Uh, let me ask you a question. How many boomers do we have present? If you were born 1946 to 1965, boomers. That's me. I'm raising my hand. You're a boomer. God bless all our boomers. Is there anybody born 1928 to 1945? That's the generation before the boomers. Anybody? Right back here. Here. What? That... That is known as the silent generation or the traditional post-war generation. Then there's uh, Generation X. I mean Generation X, 1965 to 1980. Look at here. You survived MTV, punk, heavy metal, and grunge. God bless you. Because the devil's intent was to drag you away from a place like this. How many generation Y's do we have here? That's the millennials. We've heard a lot about millennials. 1981 to 1996. Anybody more than that? Okay, God bless you. Now you survived. You were in your early years that survived the terrorist attack on our nation. The explosion of the internet. Cell phones. I can remember... I saw an ad recently, I think it came from the 1950s. Somebody was saying, one day we will carry a computer in our pocket. And we, <laughs> that's funny. Because computers were huge when they came around. 
But here we are. We've got cell phones. You've survived and in the middle of social media. What? How crazy is social media right now? It is a good thing because right now around the world, we're able to, right here from this place, touch the world because of social media right now. Some of you in that age group, millennials, part of a recession that happened in our nation. And for many millennials, it sent them back home. They left home, thought they were going to make it at all, and realized, ooh, it's hard living out here. I liked it better back home. They're like prodigal sons and daughters. And they ended up moving back in with their parents. That's what happened to many of the millennials. They were not as religious as past generations. Many of them identify as liberals. Many of them were self-centered. They were known as the me generation. That's the millennials. How about Gen Z, born in 1997 to 2012? Anybody? Ooh, they're back there. God bless you. That is the, they were well-educated, and I'll say this, well-behaved, stressed, but depressed, <laughs> progressive in their political thinking. In this particular generation, one in four identify as Hispanic. This is when there was a surge in mixed families, LGBTQ families came out of the closet and became a thing. Uh, gender confusion became a thing. But all of us, think about this. Look at all the different generations, five, at least five, six different generations here on Sunday morning. I always say you've got to pray for your pastor. He's got an obligation every Sunday to stand up and preach the Word of God and reach five to six different generations. And everybody hears the Word of God differently. But I do trust the Holy Spirit that uh, He knows how to speak to each and every one of us in the way we need to hear it. I'll say to all of you that are a little older in the boomer or silent generation, I'm going to say don't give in to Father Time, okay? Uh, I believe that and there's no, I have no doubt about it. We're alive today on purpose. God's got a plan for our life. I listened to one of my favorite actors being, uh, he's been interviewed, and they asked Clint Eastwood, what keeps you from getting old? Now, he's past, he's in his 90s now. What keeps you from getting old? He said, well, I get up every morning, and I don't let the old man in. Then I go make another movie. Now, the last movie I saw him in, he was in his 90s. He was no longer Dirty Harry. He was not the enforcer. He was not what he used to be, but he was still making a movie. Not moving like he used to move, but he was still doing what he felt like he had been placed here to do. I wake up every morning and I'm doing everything I can not to let the old man in. Look at, look at me. Now listen. You see this jacket? Bought me a new sport coat. This is one way I keep the old man out. Because listen, I found a shop 
I used to go to Dillard's and Macy's and, you know, here, let me take you to the old white men's suits. You'll like these. I didn't like the old white men's suits, you know. They were boring. Oh, that's boring. So I had to find me a place that wasn't so boring. And I found this store, and I go in, and when I walk in, they said, oh, you're more of a chaps guy. That's kind of plain, simply. I, oh, no, no, that's not, that's not what I'm looking for. And I looked around, and I saw red suits, purple suits, orange suits. And I, I wasn't going there, but I found this. And I said, ooh, I, I like that. I want that one right there. It is so awesome. And look at that, man. It, I said, ooh. I have to do something to keep the old man out, you know, because he's trying to creep in. And I, I don't want him to creep in. Old Roberts was asked one day, little boy looked at him and says, are you old? He says, son, I'm not old. You only get old when you lose vision. You don't have anything to live for in your future. Then you start getting old. How many people have I conducted funerals for who just recently retired? They worked all those years, saved all that money, and they were going to retire, and they retired, and they didn't live very long. Why? They had no vision for their future. All they would think of, get up in the morning, go sit on the porch, drink a cup of coffee, and think about what they had accomplished. Without a vision, what happens? People perish. Without a vision, you don't have something to look forward to, you're going to perish. And I want to be living strong as long as God allows me to live strong. Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 12, came to the children of Israel and said, I want you to stand up and just be still. And I'm going to let you know what God did for you and your ancestors. Let me tell you all the great things God did for you in your past. And he began to list all the great things God had done for them. Then in verse 16, he says, Now just stand still and let me tell you what God is going to do with you. It was all right to be reminded of what God had done. But he said, I want you to know he's not through yet. He's got more he wants to do with you and through you. And so that's the way I want to live my life. As your pastor has said and even written a book about this, you've got to keep your eye on the windshield rather than the what? rearview mirror the windshield's got to be larger than the rearview mirror you can't drive forward looking in the rearview mirror and so that's the way I want to live my life I'm grateful for what God's done for me in my past I've been a part of some awesome moves of God I'm grateful for it all I like to think about it every now and then but I don't want to live in my past because I know God has a future for me I was reminded of Joshua and Caleb. Joshua and Caleb were two of the twelve spies sent into the promised land by Moses. Remember that? Just gotten out of Egypt and now they were going to go into the promised land and God said, I'm going to give you the promised land. There's enemies on it. But man, I'm going to empower you to overtake those enemies. That land is yours. So Moses said, well, let's get an idea of what we're headed toward. And he sent these twelve spies into the promised land. And they all saw the same thing. What did they see? They saw giants in the land. They saw walled cities in the land. And they came back to give their report. And they actually bought a, a cluster of grapes that it took two men to carry. So this is what the promised land's like. 
But then the ten spies said, but man, there's giants in the land. We're like grasshoppers to them. We, we can't go in there, not, not, not yet. Joshua and Caleb said, hang on, I saw the giants, but listen, don't you remember what God said He would do? He's giving us the land, we can do it, let's take it. And that day, the ten outruled the two. And so they had to wander around the wilderness for 40 years till all of those that doubted God died. Except who? Joshua and Caleb and the next generations behind them. Now, they wandered for 40 years. Now it's time for Joshua to take them on into the promised land. And Caleb comes to Joshua, Joshua chapter 14, and he says, Now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day that Moses sent me in to the promised land. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, for going out and for coming in. And he says, therefore... Give me this mountain. Moses promised me that mountain right now. Right there. And I know there's giants on it, but I know I still have strength to fight those giants. I want my mountain. He was 85 years old. Moses himself is 125 years old. God had promised him that he could see the promised land, but He couldn't go in because he had disobeyed God, misrepresented God to the people. Uh, He got angry at the people because they just wouldn't believe God and wouldn't believe Moses and they wanted water. And instead of speaking to the rock, he he struck the rock. And God said, you just misrepresented. I wasn't angry at my people. You misrepresented me, so you can't go into the promised land now. But I'm going to let you see it. So at 125 years old, he took him to the top of the mountain. He said, look out, that's the promised land. And there, there on that mountain, he died, and God buried him. And it says of Moses, he was 120 years old when he died, and his eyes were not dim, nor his natural vigor diminished. Ooh, I want some of that. <laughs> you can live that long and still be strong. And still doing what God has called you to do. John, the beloved, the last apostle of the twelve to die. All the others had been martyred. They had died. They tried to kill John, but they said they, tradition says they tried to boil him in a boiling pot of oil, but he wouldn't die. You know why? God went through with him. So what did they do with him? Put him on the Isle of Patmos. We'll just exile you. And God said, John, I needed you here. Because I got a revelation for you. And we get to read about the revelation John had. We get to live in it. We're living in that time. But God was not through with John, and he was probably 87 years old. And I got a challenge before you today. We got mountains to climb, we got enemies to overtake. And I don't care what age you are. God is not going to let you go till he's finished with you. If you've got a vision for your future, you've got something you need to do. 
And I challenge you, you got one more mountain at least before you. No, I got this revelation in me. I said, Lord, I got one more mountain in me. I know I'm a little older than I've been. I got one more mountain in me. Give me my mountain. What is my mountain? I want to take it for the glory of God. I bring that challenge to you. You've got a mountain. I don't know what it is. Some of you, it's personal. You got a health mountain. Maybe you got a financial mountain, a business mountain, family mountain. But you got a mountain. You got enemies out there. You got giants that are looking you in the face, saying, Who do you think you are? Just like they did David. But you're going to come to that giant, not with your own strength, but in the name of the Lord. David, you know what he used to defeat Goliath? It wasn't just a sling and a rock. He used his words. He said, you come to me in the name of your gods with a spear and a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. Spoke it. He said, I'm going to take your head off of your neck in just a moment. But he spoke the word of God. I don't know what your mountain is. God's not through with you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a plan for my life. I know Pastor Jeff has a mountain or two to climb himself. He's a little younger than I am. We've known each other for many years. We're getting older, but we're not old. Why? We got vision for the future. We got people we need to reach and people we need to rescue. They're being held captive by the enemy. God is dependent on us, dependent on you. Take up your sword, the sword of the Lord, and fight this good fight of faith. Psalm 92, and we'll turn to, if you've got your Bibles, turn over with me to Psalm 92. Psalm 92, one of, uh, one of my favorite, I hate to say my favorite, because the time I read one, I say, ooh, that's a good one, I like that one. Psalm 92, Uh, in the first service, we did a responsive reading. Do you know what that is? I grew up in a Baptist church. In the back of our hymnals were responsive readings, usually just scriptures, and the pastor would read one scripture, and then the congregation would read the second. It was a responsive thing. It got everybody involved. Uh, I want to do that with this psalm, okay? Now, let me just say, uh, I'm reading of the New King James. If you've got your phone, you can turn in your Bible app, turn to the New King James Version, uh, which will be helpful because somebody had the Amplified in the uh, first service and we had to wait on them until they <laughs> caught up with us, you know. But whatever translation you got, that's okay. Still the word of the Lord. But I'm going to read the first verse, and I want you as a congregation to read the second verse. And we'll go through this psalm, and we're going to come to a verse that I want to point out to you here in just a moment. But Psalm 92. Are you ready for it? Why don't we do something? Let's stand up. I think it's good to stand up when we read the word. So let's stand up. I'm going to read the first verse, and you read the second until we get through all 15. We'll all read the last verse together. Are you ready? Here we go. It is good to give thanks to the Lord and to sing praise to your name, O Most High. O 
on an instrument of ten strings, on the lute, on the harp, with harmonious sound. O oh Lord, how great are your works! Your thoughts are very deep. A senseless man does not know, nor did a fool understand this. But you, Lord, are on high forevermore. All right, we're getting to some good stuff here. Verse 10. But my horn or my strength you've exalted like a wild ox. I've been anointed with fresh oil. The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Oh, let's just let's read that one again because that's a good one. All right, read that one again. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Verse 14. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. So I'll read it. To declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. There is no unrighteousness in Him. Woo, hallelujah. Going to bear fruit in old age. You can be seated. I said earlier I was going back to read Psalm 103 and verse 5 out of the Amplified Bible. Uh, It says... God is going to satisfy our mouth, that is our necessity and desire at our personal age and situation. God knows how old you are, though you try to keep it a secret, some of you. God knows how old you are, and He knows your situation. And He wants to do good things for you, so that your youth is renewed, repaired, like the eagles. You'll be strong, overcoming, and soaring. If you know anything about an eagle, an eagle goes through a molting process where its broken wings and worn out wings fall off and it gets new ones. And God said, as you continue in life and you get older, He says, I'm going to renew your strength. I'm going to give you new wings to soar, to overcome, to be strong. Isaiah 40 31, but those who wait for the Lord, who expect Him, who look for Him, who hope in Him, will be changed and renewed in their strength and receive power. They shall lift up their wings and mount up close to God as an eagle mounts up to the sun. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint or become tired. Ooh, I need me some of that. (laughs) Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Looking unto Jesus, so that you may not grow weary or exhausted, losing heart, relaxing or fainting in your minds. Well, I'm telling the Lord, I want to be fresh and flourishing. I want to bear fruit even in my old age. Now then. I'm going to refer to a country song. 
Now, it's a country song. Now, you know how country songs are. They're not always churchy. Uh, I'm not even going to read the first verse because it's not going to edify anybody in this room. But the second verse, I think it'll be all right to read it to you, okay? We'll do it anyway. Toby Keith is a singer. Some of you know him. The title of the song is, As Good As I Once Was. He said this in this second verse of his song. I still hang out with my best friend Dave. I've known him since we were kids at school. Last night, he had a few shots. He got in a tight spot, hustling a game of pool. With a couple of redneck boys and one great big bad biker man. I heard David yell across the room, Hey, buddy, how about a helping hand? I said, Dave, ain't as good as I once was. My, how the years have flown. But there was a time back in my prime when I could really hold my own. But if you want to fight, I guess those boys don't look all that tough. Ain't as good as I once was, but as good once as I ever was. Now I'm going to change the lyrics a little bit here. I used to be strong and storm the gates of hell back when I was a younger man. Now my body says, you can't do this, boy. But my pride says, or I'll say the promises of God says, oh, yes, you can. Ain't as good as I once was. That's just the cold, hard truth. I still throw back a few. Well, let me just say, I throw back a few of his promises. I talk a little smack. When I'm feeling bulletproof. You know, some people need to get a little tipsy to feel bulletproof. I don't know if you've been around people who've had a little too much, but I've seen little guys try to fight big guys. They're feeling bulletproof. Now, this is a testimony of the grace of God in my life. It's not pride, it's the grace of God. I never got caught up in drinking or drugs. That's the grace of God. That's what we want for our children and grandchildren, isn't it? It's the grace of God. I never drank. I, I never smoked marijuana. You know why I didn't smoke marijuana? Wacky tobacco, as they call it. I never smoked it because I think I might like it. And if I liked it, I'd have to smoke it. And if I smoked it, I'd have to move to Colorado. And I don't want to move to Colorado. You know? So I just say, oh, I'll just stay away from it. Now, I know your pastor can't, doesn't have that testimony because he got saved out of that. Glory to God. And some of you got saved out of that. But people get in that condition and sometimes they feel bulletproof. But I, when I was a younger man, ooh, I felt bulletproof. I mean, I did. As a young man, I didn't think about dying, death. I can remember being back in my 20s and, man, I just, man, let's just go do that. You know, going to Colorado and climbing mountains and going across a lot ice glaciers and doing things. I didn't think about falling or anything. I was like, man, let's do it. Got a call one day at the church where I was serving as associate youth pastor. Larry Lee was our youth pastor. Got a call. The call came in and they said, I want to talk to Larry Lee. And Larry got the phone and got on the other end. His name was Joe. We'll just call him Joe because that was his name. Uh, Joe said, 
I'm in North Dallas, I'm in a hotel, and I'm about to kill myself. Larry talked to him a while and said, if you just hang on, we'll be right there. And he grabbed me, he said, let's go. Joe's about to kill himself. Told me the story. We went to North Dallas to the La Quinta. I remember it. Sprayed my brain. I think it was room 103. We got there. The door was open. We walked in. There nobody in the room. Bathroom door was closed. Uh-oh. I watched enough Miami Vice, Starsky and Hutch. I know what this is. So we walked to the bathroom door and we opened it real quick. There was nothing except for the shower curtain was closed. And I've seen enough movies. I know what this is. We walked over and we opened the shower curtain. Nobody was there. But all of a sudden we heard the door, the hotel room, slammed shut. We walked out. There Joe is. He has a three fifty seven Magnum stuck to his head, cocked. And he said, one of us is not going to leave this room alive today. One of us. I thought, well, there's Larry, there's me, and there's Joe, one of us. Uh, I begin to really rattle that off. Uh, so we managed to get Joe to sit down on the bed and then to lay back on the bed. He shot his gun up to his head. And Larry began to talk him off the ledge because Larry Lee had been on the edge himself before, was saved at a mental hospital in Kilroy, Texas, or in Tyler, Texas. So he kind of knew how to talk to Joe. I had just, not too many years before, been filled with the Holy Spirit, had an encounter with the Holy Spirit that, oh, I'm so grateful to had because I did not know how to pray in my understanding. So I began to pray in my spirit. Cry out to God, what are we going to do? And I sit on the other side of Joe. Larry was on one side. And, he was, and all of a sudden, Joe kind of relaxed his hand. And I grabbed that 357 Magnum as fast as I could. Took it home. Showed my wife, look here what I got, my reward here. Joe, what is that? That's before guns were popular, you know. I kept it for a little while until we gave it to the proper authorities. We took Joe onto the hospital where he belonged and spent some time. But at that, that moment, I was feeling bulletproof. I'd do anything. You know, I would, you know what? If I got that call today, don't think I'd do it. I would first call the sheriff's department, police department, say, hey, go over there and I'll meet you, you know. <laughs> but back then, we were feeling bulletproof. Do anything. Kind of like that feeling. And I'm telling you, we can't. We are bulletproof until God's through with us. Amen. We're going to be here... As long as we need to be here, we're going to be bulletproof. Well, let me continue with this song. Almost finished. So the song says, So don't double dog dare me now, because I'll have to call your bluff. Ain't as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. May not be as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Listen. I'm not as strong as I used to be. I don't run anymore. I used to go for a run. Now I go for a walk. I used to dance in the altar. Well, it was the Baptist Kermack dance. It wasn't a real dance, you know. But I don't do that much anymore. I got in India one time and we were with a group of people that loved to dance in the altar. And they did, and you've seen these people, they, 
they would take each uh, uh, another a friend of theirs and they would wrap their legs around and they would just be twisted and twisted around in the altar and dancing, giving to the Lord. And my friends looked at me and said, come on, go down there. And I said, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm good once as there was, so I joined them. I did a little bit of it. But I'm here to let you know you may not be as strong as you once was. Some of you in the younger generations, listen to me. The world's trying to tell you that what we're doing and what we're about is not what you need to be about. But I'm telling you, there is a God in heaven that's stronger than anything going on in this world right now. And he, he wants you and He needs you. And I'm telling you, all of you boomers, listen to me. We've got one more mountain to climb. We've got one more mountain to climb. I told the Lord, Lord, I know I've got one more mountain. It's in me. Show me where it's at. Put it out there in front of me. I know there may be some giants, and there are some giants there, bigger than me, but I know there's a God in heaven that's bigger than the giants. So I'm here to let you know this church has another mountain to climb. Your pastor, he's got, I don't know how many mountains he's got, but he's got some mountains to climb, and not just here. You're touching the world with the ministry you have. And I don't know what your mountain is, but it's a mountain only you can claim. It's yours. And you know why you're doing it? It's not just for you. Joshua and Caleb got their land and got their mountain, and it wasn't just for them. It was for their children and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren. Think about that. We're fighting these battles today, not just for us. I'm so grateful my grandfather my grandfather fought in World War I in France. But he couldn't be harmed there because God needed him here. He came back from that and the Spanish flu hit our nation. He survived the Spanish flu. He went through the Depression and my father was born a few years before that. So my grandfather had to survive so my father could be born. And my father, who fought in World War II, had to survive so he could be called to preach when he got home, come to Fort Worth to the seminary, and go pastor Beverly Hills Baptist Church in Dallas, and lead a great revival, charismatic Southern Baptist charismatic revival across the nation. And I had to be brought into that. Get filled with the Holy Spirit and do what God had called me to do. I had to conquer those mountains. I've, and now I've got grandchildren. I've got great-grandchildren. And I want to claim my mountain for their sake so they can continue to do what God called us to do until Jesus comes again. It's not just for you. It's for those we've never met. There's a great testimony this morning in the first service that was shared concerning... And the young lady may be in the service, the lady that was here. She gave a, they gave a testimony of, as they were driving away from church, they saw somebody walking down the road. and You know, had that thing 
in you. The Holy Spirit says, you need to stop and help. They kind of pushed the gas pedal a little bit more and just kind of passed her on by, but they couldn't get away from it. And they circled back around and stopped and asked the lady, do you, do you need a ride somewhere? Well, she goes, yeah, I was just praying somebody would pick me up. If you just take me down to the shell station, I'll get a ride. No, 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 where, where do you live? Where do you live? Oh, I live in Alvarado. And they looked at each other, husband and wife, and said, well, I guess we're going to take a trip to Alvarado. And they began to converse with this young, or this lady. And she says, I got up this morning and I wanted to come to the first service at TPC Church. This is in Alvarado. She made her way to the first service. Walking. And she was going to walk back home if she couldn't get a ride. But the Lord had it worked out for her. And I thought, that's why we do what we do. There are people like her. There are hungry people. God has put it in their heart. You got to get to church. You got to get you got to get among the people of God. And they'll do whatever it needs they need to do to get there. And there are people like that all around us. And I really believe, let me just say something. I believe woke, it's about to go broke. I really do believe it's run its course. And people say, oh, enough is enough. And I believe people are going to begin to wake up to the things of God. I heard, not from real religious people, but I heard this podcast going on. And they said, you know, the generations coming up now are more open to religion than they have been in quite a few years. They've seen everybody try all this other stuff. And it's not worked like they said it was going to work. Now they're open to religion, he called it. But I say they're open to the power of God, to the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I believe woke is going broke, and I believe people are going to say yes to Jesus, and they're going to be looking for a place like this. The Holy Spirit's going to wake them up, say you need to get to the house of God. Those are mountains we got to conquer. Not for us, but for them, for the glory of God. Will you stand with me? I want to pray for you. We're going to sing a song. Stand, isn't it? Stand. And we're going to stand up, and we are going to take our mountain. I got one more. How about you? Let's sing it. Let's just sing this to the Lord. We got it. We're not going to give up on that sand. It's going to, I hear it. We're not going to let the enemy take this victory from us. We got sound back there? Can you just sing it a cappella? Two, one, two. There we go. There oh, we go. There we go. What do you do when you've done all you can? And it seems like it's never enough. And what do you do when you say when your friends turn away and you're all alone, all alone? Tell me what do you give when you've given your all and it seems like you can't make it through. You just stand. Yeah. 
when there's nothing left to do, you just stand and watch the Lord bring you through. After you've done all you can, you just stand. That's what we're going to do. We're going to stand at the foot of our mountain. And we're going to say, Lord, give me that mountain right there. I'm going to believe. Listen, I'm going to pray for you right now. Yes, sir. I want you to write a song. You want me to write one? Yeah, you don't have to do it right now, but I mean, unless it comes to you. I want you to write a song called One More Mountain. One More Mountain. One More Mountain. Because I just, I, I, I hear it. I, I don't. You know, and I, I know somebody, I don't play the piano, I don't lead worship, but I, I love to worship, but I, I think it's, it's, it's in you, okay? One more mountain. Ooh, I see it. We're going to shout this moment, one more mountain, but I want to pray for you first. I appreciate you being at church today. Somebody came in, I said you were sad and maybe lonely. Maybe you came in, you wonder, well, what's, up, what's on all these people? We used to go to church and people were so happy and they were, I mean, just excited about being in church. Some people get so excited, they'd shout out. Somebody get so excited, you'd see them in the altar worshiping. Maybe they would even do stranger things than that. I mean, they were just excited about church. And people would come in and say, man, what is wrong with you? Man, I found the Lord. I was a drug addict, an alcoholic. I was a mess. Jesus saved me. You know what? He wants to do that for anyone that's here, that's watching online, or that's in this room right now. He wants to save you. You wonder why we got a smile on our face. We're excited about this. It's because we've been saved. Some out of drugs and alcohol and all kinds of junk. I got saved out of religion. That's the worst kind. Jesus, he never condemned drug addicts and adulterers and all but he did talk to those Pharisees a lot didn't he so the grace of God saved me out of that but if you're here today you don't know Jesus man can we introduce you to him Lord we want to introduce people to you you're the greatest friend could ever be Lord you're the only one that can erase our past and give us a brand new life and Lord you said that if we would just call upon your name and believe in you and give ourselves to you that we too could be saved and so Lord we do that with those that may be here Lord we call out upon the name of Jesus Jesus save me help me deliver me I ask you, in Jesus' name, amen. Just a moment, we're going to dismiss. There'll be some prayers in this altar. I'll be in this altar. If you prayed that prayer, you need prayer, we'll be here to pray with you. And I believe in God that we're going to climb the mountain for the glory of God. All right, we're going to shout, and we're going to go out. We're going to shout one more mountain, all right? He's working on that song. I hear it. You're going to sing it. We're going to get it. Continue to pray for Pastor Jeff. Gets his voice back. Get that junk. Get that out of him. 
It's just a bummer to get sick like this, especially when you're a preacher. You want to preach. He was holding on as long as he could. He said, maybe I'll need you. Maybe I'll be all right. And uh, so I just held fast, and he called me and said, take it. So thank you for letting me be here today. Love you. Appreciate all that God's doing in you and through you for the day of God. All right. Ready? We're going to shout it. One more mountain. Ready? One, two, three. One more mountain. Go take it for the glory of God.